I'm your host, political scientist, author, and nationally syndicated columnist, Dr. Wilmer Leon. And for the next hour, we will explore and analyze the salient news stories that are impacting the global village in which we live. We have breaking news. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange has been charged with violating Espionage Act. Federal prosecutors today accused WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange of violating the Espionage Act, bringing against him a new 18-count indictment alleging he unlawfully obtained and disclosed national defense information. The new charges dramatically raised the stakes of the cases both for Assange and the news media, raising questions about the limits of the First Amendment and protections for publishers of classified information. Prosecutors allege Assange worked with a former Army intelligence analyst to obtain and disseminate classified information. They allege that Assange did so with reason to believe that the information would be used to injure the United States or help a foreign country. This is conduct of which many traditional reporters might be also accused. The U.S. government, though, sought to distinguish the anti-secrecy advocate from a traditional reporter. What does all this really mean? For insight into this, we turn to my first guest. He is the author of several New York Times bestsellers, including The Best Democracy Money Can Buy and Armed Madhouse. You know him through his investigative reports for BBC Television, The Guardian, Democracy Now!, and Rolling Stone. He released the post-election update of his film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, The Case of the Stolen Election, and you can get the film on Amazon and Prime or at gregpalace.com. He is Greg Palace. Greg, welcome back to The Critical Hour. I'm glad to be with you in uh, at this critical hour. And it is just that. So your thoughts on uh, just finding out that Julian Assange now has been charged with violating the Espionage Act? Well, a couple things. It's not just... New, it's not just charges against uh, uh, Assange because originally the charges, the charge against him was like a really mi- you know somewhat minor charge of uh, of abetting hacking, so there was no big deal. But this raises stakes insanely. This is saying he's a spy. It's espionage, mm-hmm. that, and that somehow he knew this would be used by the enemies of the United States. Well, that could be used. You know, you could say that about Woodward and Bernstein breaking the Watergate story. That you know, the rest, you know, the rest of the world was who uh, didn't like uh, Nixon or the United States said, "Look, look at what a look at uh, Nixon. He's undermining American democracy." You know, what are they talking about? That he is there some specific thing? It is not. You know, this is spying. The idea is that you stop. This is a the law used to get people who give away our secrets and sell them to foreign powers. That's what the Espionage Act was supposed to be. But I have to tell you, it's, it's history. It began in, in 1917, and its history of the Espionage Act has been basically used always to, dis, to silence dissent. Eugene Debs, mm-hmm. the Socialist Party candidate for president, was charged under the Espionage Act and, and sent to prison. Daniel Ellsberg the whistleblower who released the Pentagon Papers was charged under the Espionage Act. However, he had a judge who, who released him saying, you know, we don't have a, an official secrets act in the United States. You could be charged under that for your work on the election. Absolutely. Well, let me make it very clear. The way that they're defining the Espionage Act, someone getting inside government information, confidential information, and making it public, not selling it to a foreign government, not helping uh, an enemy in war, None of this, you know, it's not a spy stuff. It is journalism. And no matter what you think of Assange's methods, anything like that, 
He took important information that was being kept secret from the United States, State Department cables in which we, were, in which we found out our own government was lying to us. Chelsea Manning was a, a private in the military who got uh, his hands on these documents, gave them to the WikiLeaks organization. Assange was the editor. They put this out. It's actually a whole organization. It's a news service, okay? It's like charging an AP reporter because AP put out a story. The difference is, is that WikiLeaks has a lot more guts than AP. So what they're basically, and, and, you know, the State Department's line is, Julian Assange is not a journalist. What do you mean he's not a journalist? He does exactly what a journalist should do. And, in fact, it's very interesting that for the guy who's not a journalist, the story of Snowden, what, uh, some of the material released by WikiLeaks, for example, won the Pulitzer Prize for the Washington Post and the Guardian. And, you know, I use the WikiLeaks documents, just, you know, I use the Manning documents released mm-hmm. by Julian Assange in my investigations for BBC Television, The Guardian, and, and in addition, uh, um, Channel 4 Television. I use these documents because they are astonishing what our government has lied, uh, has, has lied about. And, you know, no one can show me. I've been, I've read th- literally thousands of pages of the material. I can't find a single sentence so far which would in any way endanger the national security of the United States or give away some type of military secret. Remember, this is not, these are not Defense Department cables. I want to emphasize that. He released, that what he released were State Department cables, our diplomatic cables, which show that the, the great lengths the U.S. went to to cover up bad news about our own government or, or our so-called allies. In fact... What's interesting here is the distraction that the media isn't really focused on the value and the content of the information that Assange has disseminated. Very similarly to folks are overlooking the content of the leaked Hillary Clinton emails. They're overlooking the content and they're falling for the ruse that it was hacked by the Russians. And here, nobody's really saying this guy is letting the American people know exactly the lies and the deceit and the other types of machinations that the U.S. government is actually going through in their name. Nobody's paying attention to that. They're just screaming about, oh, he released documents and the guy is a spy. Yeah, well, first of all, there has never, they've never alleged ever that Julian Assange had any idea who gave him uh, and the WikiLeaks the um, Hillary Clinton emails. Now, what we have in the Hillary Clinton, you know, and I, frankly, I'm a journalist, okay? I work for the, uh, remember, when WikiLeaks released the information, they released, it was released through The Guardian, The New York Times, and Der Stern in um, Germany, out of Germany. And, you know, I was in working with The Guardian, and we used this information because it's true. We, you know, no one said this stuff was made up. So he did exactly what a news service is supposed to do, help papers gather information. Now, I, frankly, I don't care whether the, the Hillary emails came from the Russians or the Martians. No one has denied their authenticity, and what they showed was is that the Democratic National Committee committed felony crimes. This seems to be passing people by. Mm-hmm. That is, they were using, it was a violation of federal election uh, rules, which is that they were using money that was given to the party, because you can give a quarter million dollars legally to a party for its functions, but you can only give $2,000 to a candidate. 
So he took money allegedly given to the party and used it to support Hillary Clinton's campaign. That is an, that's money laundering. It is, it's, it's money laundering. It's wire fraud. It's an FEC violation. The number of felonies, I used to work with the Justice Department. Let me tell you, the number of felonies described and exposed in those documents, there are two dozen felonies easy, okay? Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is literally, literally jailing the messenger jailing the messenger. So they make up a story, oh, he's not a... That's the other thing. And they, by the way, they pull that on me. He's not a real journalist. Right. You know, I've, I've heard that one before. You know, I work with The Guardian. I work with others. And uh, I'm, uh, I just got... was meeting with the Puffin Foundation. I'm a Puffin Foundation fellow in investigative reporting. But, you know, they'll say, oh, but he's not a... Greg Palace is not a real journalist. Whatever. So they, they kind of slime you, and they therefore you don't get... First Amendment protections. Let me read this paragraph from the Washington Post. Prosecutors alleged in the new indictment that Assange and WikiLeaks repeatedly encouraged sources with access to classified information to steal it and gave it to the anti-secrecy organization, posting on its website a most wanted list for leaks organized by country and saying the documents must be likely to have political, diplomatic, ethical or historical impact on release. They allege that Manning responded to the clarion call, downloading nearly four completely government databases of war reports, Guantanamo Bay detainee assessments, and State Department cables, and turned them over to WikiLeaks. Look, for this thing has gone on. They've had this case now for years. They haven't been able to show a single instance in which all the material released by Manning through WikiLeaks has harmed the United States national security in the least. They also said the releases put innocent people in grave danger simply because they provided information to the United States. Well, you know, this is this game that they say, oh, well, someone could properly read this and figure out the source is nonsense. Right. Nonsense. Also, and I hate to say it, it's not the job of the journalist to protect secrets of the, United, secrets of the government. And if they weren't lying to us consistently, systematically, there wouldn't be the need to release these documents. So what they're doing is they're going through thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of documents and say, oh, well, if someone knew this and they got that information, they could put two and two together and figure out uh, who was talking to the U.S. government or something like that. You know, they come up with these cockamamie ideas. It doesn't matter. We have a First Amendment for a reason. And doesn't say unless it's uh, embarrassing to the U.S. government, unless Hillary Clinton doesn't like it, unless um, it makes it difficult for the State Department to play the games it plays. I'm sorry, there's nothing in the First Amendment that says it has to be nice or kind or um, helpful to the U.S. government. It has to be the, it, the, the point is we are government of the people, by the people. It's not their information. It's ours. And all Julian Assange did was give us our information, which our own government was, was wrongly and illegally concealing from us. There's another story, which I know you've been following. San Francisco police called journalist Brian Carmody, possible co-conspirator in Report Leak. Ratcheting up an investigation that has been criticized by news organizations and press freedom groups, the San Francisco PD said a freelance journalist who had obtained a leaked police report was a suspected co-conspirator in the purported theft of the document. The allegation contained in a statement issued by the police department late Tuesday was the first instance of law enforcement authorities describing the journalist Brian Carmody 
as a subject of their investigation, according to Commodity's lawyer, Tom Burke. I know you're familiar with this. This sounds eerily reminiscent of what we were just talking about. Yes. Well, in fact, here's the danger. Now that the U.S. government is running around arresting journalists, so now you're going to have local governments who are doing investigations of, of, uh, local, uh, of local officials. There was a, in this case, there was a, um, a prosecutor that was friendly to the cops who, was, who died in a, uh, in, in, it turns out, his girlfriend's apartment. Obviously, his wife didn't know about that. And there were drugs in the apartment. And the police report fell into the hands of this of a journalist. They say, oh, he's not a, once again, Carmody, they're saying he's not a real journalist because he's not on the staff of, uh, of you know, a preferred outlet. But I will say in this case, the New York Times and, um, and other uh, news organizations have, have actually attacked the arrest of this journalist and the confiscate. And not only that, they came in. The cops took sledgehammers, kicked in his door, took his computers, took his files, and then uh, and they literally, you know, basically to stop the investigation of the police department itself is what it came down to. So this is a new thing. You call someone, you say they're not a real journalist, so they don't get the First Amendment. And by the way, it doesn't say, the First Amendment doesn't say, um, you know, that we have freedom of the press the press as defined by the government authorities. No. The people who are being investigated don't get to determine who's the journalist. Uh, and, you know, as soon as someone is investigating you, suddenly they're not a journalist. This is the new trick. This is the new game. And, you know, i got to tell you, I'm, I, uh, I'm a bit disgusted at outlets like the New York Times. I mean, at least they came in the case of San Francisco. They, did, they were on the right side. But the case of Julian Assange, for example... They published his material. They used his material. They got awards for his material. And they're not standing up and saying, you can't arrest our fellow journalist who helped us report this story. If not for Julian Assange, we wouldn't have these stories. We wouldn't have these awards. He's the guy. He's, he is our news service. WikiLeaks is a news service like AP or any other. It just has more guts and more information. So going forward, Greg, do you attribute any of this to the language of the president or is that just really background noise and that this is a direction that the United States government has been heading in anyway? It was Obama that had uh, Chelsea Manning arrested. It was Obama that brought the original indictment uh, moved against Assange. It was Obama that, that indicted Snowden. Thank you, sir. I mean, and Obama ran... When he ran, he said, I'm going to be the whistleblower protection president. I'm going to be the whistleblowers are the people who help government stay honest and clean, and I will protect whistleblowers. No one prosecuted more whistleblowers than Obama. No one. Not even Nixon. You know, you mentioned the First Amendment, and just so this is a, a minor point, but I think an important point. The First Amendment reads that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. And that's a lowercase p, not a capital P, which indicates to me that that's referring to a more general or much, much broader definition of press than a capital P, which would be a much more specific definition. Well, actually, this is very, very important. Thomas Jefferson used to keep in his, outside the Oval Office, he used to keep 
broadsides, these, these uh, kind of tabloids of the day, these reports, uh, you know, vicious attacks on him. And someone says, why do you have these newspapers showing these vicious attacks on you? Some of the stuff is crazy, you know, it says that, you know, he's like you're a child rapist, etc. And Jefferson said, I want the diplomats who come here from other nations to see what freedom looks like. There we go. There we That's go. That's what Jefferson was saying. There we go. This, yeah, and so it's all about freedom, and it was very, remember, I, in England, you had an official press, and, and I have to tell you that when I worked in England, you have, for example, an official press complaints commission. There is official censorship in Britain. Very serious stuff. It's no joke, and I can tell you. Uh, they also have an official secrets act. We don't have, we're not supposed to have it. The reason why... By design, like, we don't have it. Yeah. We don't, we don't have it by design. Right. You know, that, that Daniel Ellsberg was lucky because he got one of the judges he came before was uh, Stanley Sporkin, who happened to be, once before, the chief lawyer for the CIA. Now, you'd think that Daniel Ellsberg would have trouble before a judge who was with the CIA, and he, and the opposite. Sporkin said, we do not have an official secrets act in the United States. If someone is a spy, that is that they are selling our information to an enemy, or they're, they're take, but if the minute that they publish it, they are the press. That's giving the information to the public. We don't have to like the information. We don't have to think it's wise or reasonable. But we, that it was released, it doesn't matter. The point is that the press, we don't need a law that says only nice things about the government can be published and then it's okay. Only people on the, on the payroll of Jeff Bezos or uh, at the Washington Post or of Carlos Slim, uh, the owner of the New York Times, only those people are the official press. Britain did have the, you know, her, you know, her Majesty's press. They had official press. But, you know, at a certain point, so even Britain, though, I think most Britons are horrified by right. this stuff. I got to stop you there. Greg Palast, as always, Greg, thank you so much for your time, for your insight, your contribution to the Critical Hour. Look forward to having you back. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, brother. All right.